0: Good morning, church. Would you like to stand up, please, because I have some news for you. I want to make sure that you're awake and ready. This could be your opportunity to run very quickly out the door, but I'm hoping that you'll remain seated. Now, in three weeks' time, I'm coming back to, uh, to lead the service and to preach. So in three weeks' time, I'm going to come and check up on each one to see whether you're going to do your homework that I'm going to give you right now. Did you think, oh no, homework finished at school. Oh no, please, no, 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 no. But this will be homework that will be medicine for your soul. This is the homework. I want you to do some memorization, And this is what I want you to memorise. Are you ready? God permits in his wisdom what he could prevent with his power. Let me say that again. God permits in his wisdom what he could prevent with his power now let's let's try that together shall we together we should say god permits with his wisdom what he could prevent with his power and again god permits with his wisdom what he could prevent with his power thank you please be seated i'm going to reinforce that through these uh, i have the responsibility to answer not one question tim But two questions. The questions are, is the devil responsible for every single illness, disease, evil that we experience? And the second question is, is God causing, orchestrating every single natural disaster that occurs? Now, to gain an understanding of the biblical response to these questions, we have the opportunity to have access to documentation from conversations that took place in the supernatural realm, in the courts of heaven in another time period in another in another time for in the histories of our planet and of course i am referring to the book of job considered by many to be the oldest book in the bible a part of the sacred hebrew scriptures under their wisdom literature and referred to as sacred scripture by james Uh, the Apostle who wrote the book of James. So we can treat this as a credible source. I could say the fact-checkers have spoken, and so this is true. So I want to read to you from Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. How many people have read Job recently? Well, are you in for a treat? Here we go. I'm reading from the... uh, The Living Translation, the New Living Translation. And it'll probably make a lot of sense to you. Sometimes when you're reading the King James Bible, you've got to reinterpret it into everyday language. The New Living Translation just gives it to you as it is. And this is what the book of Job, chapter 1, says. There was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was a blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their home, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, "'Perhaps my children have sinned "'and have cursed God in their hearts.'" And this was Job's regular practice. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. "'Where have you come from?' the Lord asked Satan." Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man on all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. "'but reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face.' "'All right, you may test him,' the Lord said to Satan. "'Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically.' So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's house. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robes in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Chapter 2 one day the members of heaven's court came together again to present themselves before the lord and the accuser satan came with them where have you come from the lord asked satan satan answered the lord I have been patrolling the earth watching everything that's going on then the lord asked satan have you noticed my servant job He is the finest man in all the earth he is a blameless man of complete integrity he fears god and stays away from evil and he has maintained his integrity even though you urge me to harm him without cause satan replied to the lord skin for skin a man will give up everything he has to save his life but reach out and take away his health and he will surely curse you to your face all right do with him as you please the lord said to satan but spare his life So Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat amongst the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity, curse God, and die? But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Here is a man, a good man, who had all the disasters of life come upon him in a very short period of time. It gives us a detailed conversation of what took place that gives insight to the work of Satan that will serve as a background for the answers today. And these answers are meant to prompt your thinking and to come to your own conclusions. When suffering comes, we often ask the question, why? Job lost all he had through no fault of his own. He struggled to understand why this should be happening to him, but it was clear that he was not meant to know the answer and there was no indication that he ever learned about this conversation that took place in heaven regarding him. I want to say, friends, it's not a good thing that God starts to brag about you. I just want you to know that. When God starts to brag about you, be very afraid. So Job would have to face life with answers and explanations held back. We also experience life as Job did. One day at a time, one moment at a time. But unlike Job, we have this record in insight that he did not have access to. But Job's life did not end in despair as you thought it would probably happen that way and through his life we see that faith in god is justified whenever our circumstances seem helpless from these conversations which were recorded and were intentionally recorded for our learning today. And Paul wrote in Romans 15, Paul, that these things were written for our instruction. So we would be wise about the things that are happening. So from these conversations, there are six truths I want you to know before I answer those two questions. Six truths. Truth number one, Satan is accountable to God. All angelic beings, both good and bad, are compelled to present themselves before God, who has complete authority over them, both those who serve him and those who rebel. Remember Jesus when when he was on the earth and and he confronted that one man who had a legion of demons? They had to obey him. Now God knew in his wisdom that Satan was intent on attacking Job. Truth number two. Satan can only be in one place at a time. He is a created being and he is limited. You notice what he, how he responded to what the Lord said in verse 7? In verse he said, I've been walking back and forth, the King James, and the New King James says, walking, walking back across the, the earth. Or as the, the translation I read to you from said, patrolling the earth. He's not everywhere present. Not at all. You see, when he was cast out of heaven, there was a third of the angels of heaven that went with him. He was a convincing speaker. He was the ultimate motivational speaker. He motivated a third of the angels of heaven to leave and follow him. And so he has a vast... We don't know how many of those angels there were, but he has a vast network of invisible spies who live amongst us. And he relies on that network of information to uh, form his strategies and how to best attack and overcome us. You know, when you're in a business, world, you learn about the value of networking, don't you? Well, the Satan has always had that ability to network. And it also tells us in verse 7... That not only is he in one place at a time that he is a created being and that he is limited in his power, but he is real and he is active on the earth. Um, John 10, 10 tells us, Jesus speaking, he says, he comes to rob, to kill and destroy. And also... Jesus tells us that he is a liar and the father of lies. So when you ever listen to him, you're always listening to a lie. So be aware of that. He is alive. He is active on the earth. And he will speak and whisper into your ears all kinds of lies and untruths. But know this. He cannot read your mind. He will try and convince you he can read your mind by dropping thoughts into the slipstream of your thinking and convince you because he is a liar. And the Bible says he disguises himself as an angel of light so he can just easily disguise himself as your voice and he'll drop a thought into your mind and accuse you of having that thought. Have you ever had a thought that popped into your mind and you and all the next after you've had that thought and it's usually not a good thought, you'll hear this little voice like, "Oh, how could you think something like that?" And most probably, it was dropped in your mind by the father of lies, who is invisible but has the ability and capability to drop thoughts into your mind. But he cannot read your mind, and he cannot foretell the future. Because if he did, he would have known that Job was not going to cave under the pressure. But the ultimate ultimate truth is found in this fact. If he could tell the future, And if he could read minds, he would never, ever, ever have caused the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Amen? That was his ultimate undoing. That proved beyond all doubt he cannot read your mind. Yes, he can put thoughts into your mind and pretend that he can read your mind. But he cannot read your mind. He is limited. But there is one who can read your mind. You see, God puts limits on what Satan can do. And God is fully aware of every attempt to bring suffering and difficulty upon us. The scripture tells us that He knows every hair on our head. Matthew, in, in the book of Matthew, he tells us Matthew 10:29. No, sorry, Luke 12, 7. Every hair on our head is counted by God. Now, I look around and I think he's got more of a job to do with some of you than he has with me. But that's the kind of intimate knowledge that God possesses of us. It goes on to say that every sparrow that falls, God takes notice of. But listen to this one. Every idle word we speak, we have to give an account to. Now, haven't we all been in conversations where we've been there physically but we've checked out mentally it's just the blah 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 god takes note of every one of those blah blah words that we ignore and in hebrews chapter 4 12 to 13 god tells us he knows the thoughts and listen to this the intents of our heart this is our god truth number five satan can do nothing without god's permission To ensure our learning, this second conversation was recorded. Not one conversation, but two conversations were recorded So to remind us that he has to ask permission before he can inflict pain upon Job. God limits what Satan can do. It is the restraining power of God. And in this case, he did not allow Satan to actually kill him. Satan was not allowed to do that and remember jesus said to peter you know peter that was so full of himself though all the others did desert you lord not me i'm your man you, i'll stand by you but jesus looked at peter and said satan has decided to sift you like wheat but i have prayed for you that your faith will not fail and when you return strengthen the brethren and truth number six Satan does. Satan does have access to God. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 tells us that he accuses us to God day and night. He accuses us to ourselves. And he accuses God to us. If God loves you, how could he let this happen to you? So Job deals with the, with the issue of why God allows bad things to happen to good people through disease and through weather. And you may say, oh, but Jesus said there is no one that is good, and that is true. Ecclesiastes 7.20, Romans 3.23, 1 John 1, 1.8. But the Bible tells us that Job was a good man and yet did not give him immunity from suffering. Now, he lost everything, everything. Seven sons, three daughters. He lost all his livestock. He lost his servants. He lost all his wealth. He lost his friends. And if you read the book of Job, he lost the respect of his community. He was a man held in high esteem in his community. And you'd find as you read the book of Job that even the the common louts of the street treated him with contempt. That never happened when Job had all his influence and power and prosperity but god allowed it to be stripped from him because god permits in his wisdom what he could prevent with his power what what what, what was that again god permits in his wisdom what he could prevent with his power yes bad things do happen but God uses those very things for his ultimate lasting good. Romans 8:28 tells us that God causes all things to work together for good. Ask Joseph. He came through years of horrific suffering and was able to see God's good plan. So bad things do happen. But God allows those things to, cast, to come to pass for a reason and for a season. And so we ask the question, is the devil responsible for every illness that we experience? remember, he is a limited being, he is a created being, and he lies. If he, if he can convince you that he causes everything, it's like he's all-knowing and uh, all-present and that he is sovereign over everything, but he's not. So does, is the devil responsible for every single illness, disease? Well, does God cause illness is a way, another way of asking that question, and yes, he does. Moses' sister Miriam, God struck her down with leprosy because she was doing things that she shouldn't do. But Moses prayed for her and God healed her. In Exodus, the Lord sent plagues upon the land of Egypt, including boils and the death of the firstborn. In Leviticus chapter 26, God tells us if we ignore his rules, he will bring panic and wasting disease. In 2 Samuel 24, verse 14, David sinned against God and God punished him by sending a plague against Israel and 70,000 people died as a result of that plague. In 2 Chronicles 7.13, probably you all know 2 Chronicles 7.14 about, you know, if my people are called by my name and pray, but 7.13 indicates that God holds and shuts off the rain and he sends the locusts and he sends pestilence. Pestilence is just an old-fashioned word for a fatal epidemic disease. Between the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel, pestilence is mentioned more than 30 times. In Habakkuk 5, 3, 5, the prophet witnessed the Lord coming in judgment before him went pestilence, which is that epidemic disease, and the plague. And in Isaiah 45.7, God says, I form the light and I create darkness. I make peace and I create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. So God permits in his wisdom what he could prevent in his power now I want you to be reminded you that we live under the all-seeing eye of the God of Psalm 139 who has comprehensive knowledge of us and as Romans 8 28 tells us he causes all things to work together for good so if that is so then is God causing or orchestrating every single natural disaster that occurs but let us first acknowledge that we are not involved with a tame or a domesticated God. We are not involved with a tame or domesticated God. In Hebrews 10.31, Paul wrote, that is the fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Our God created the heavens and the earth, and God weaponized the weather against humanity and destroyed humanity except for eight people. You know, Noah is not a children's story. It's an historical fact that took place. God sent plagues on Egypt. He turned water in the blood, the frogs, the lice, the flies, the livestock disease, the hail, the locusts, the darkness, and the death of the firstborn. Our God stopped the rain for Elijah when he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and for three years it didn't rain, and when Elijah prayed again, God sent the rain. Our God permitted Satan to use the weather against Job and his family. His servants and livestock were that translation said struck from by the fire of God from heaven. That was lightning. If you've ever been caught in a vicious lightning storm, you know how terrifying that can be. And of course, his ten children died from a wild wind that came out of the desert. We'd probably call that a cyclone or a tornado. but but that was the weather so god permits in his wisdom what he could prevent with his power our god controls the weather he has demonstrated that by not destroying the world again with floods there have been many disastrous floods and these are reminders and are intended to point us to the savior we do live in a fallen world that has been impacted by sin paul says the whole creation was subjected to the curse as mankind was in the garden And the whole world is groaning waiting for redemption but as romans 8 1 tells us as christians as the people of god god doesn't send judgment upon us when we sin (laughs) but he will he will chasten us he will chastise us he will discipline us and discipline is not punishment discipline is structured training so we learn how to live more successfully in the light of god's word and God does discipline us. He may, he may use trouble at work or hardship at home or difficulty in ministry as the Apostle Paul had discovered in 2 Corinthians. He may enable us to experience loss as David, David did in 2 Samuel. God may send physical ailments or even death as he did to the church at Corinth. And God will often allow the natural consequences of our sin to run their course. We are forgiven, but we will be corrected. But Job's attitude and all the difficulties of life were this. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall we indeed accept good from the hand of the Lord and not adversity? And Job 13, 15, he says this. Though he slay me, yet will I bless him. And Job 23, 10 says, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. He's been through it all, and he came out successfully. As the people of God, we are not given exemption from the hard things of life, but know this, God will walk through you, with you through any difficulty, through any adversity, that you may come out successful, because our God is sovereign, and not the devil, not the weather, not sickness or disease, but our God, who has promised us to cause all things to work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So, the question I asked you is, what do you think? Because you've got to think through these these challenging questions for yourself. But let me remind you that God permits in His wisdom what He could prevent with His power. So, your homework for the next three weeks is to memorise God permits in His wisdom what He could prevent. With his power and let me assure you in these next three weeks you're going to have difficulties and i've got to say i'm not exempt i'll have the same kind of difficulties that you're going to have so i'm going to have to keep saying to myself god permits in his wisdom what he could prevent in his power amen you are in good hands so rejoice and be glad I'd like to stand with me we'll pray and close the service father god You've written to us and have given us your words of truth that tells us that in all these things, life, death, angels, principalities, things present, things to come, height and depth, not anything else, all creation can separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we believe your word. We believe, Father, that you'll use the adversities of our everyday life to turn us into conquerors. So they don't have to live timid, uh, withdrawn lives, but be bold and courageous because you, our God, go with us. And regardless, as Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Lord, give us holy confidence as we move in these coming weeks, knowing that you are with us, that you are for us and that in you we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let us lead this building not in despair but with a quiet confidence that you are with us and because you are sovereign that we can face our tomorrows with a quiet confidence and a and and a willingness to embrace whatever difficulty comes our way knowing that we will come out of it successfully much more wiser and even more skillful in our ability to cope with life and living father thank you for your word that gives us life in jesus name amen And as the scripture says, go with God and he will go with you. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy some delicious morning tea.